going to continue where we left off and move through this, because um, through the book of Philippians, Paul shares a lot of good truth about to a group of people who are new in their faith. They're new, it's a new church. It's not been around really long. And so Paul went there, a couple missionary trips there, and, and now he's writing to them years later to continue to encourage them to keep growing in their faith, to keep building. And the first two points were the partnership idea, uh, the, the, the partnership that we have together in Christ, that we are partners in the gospel with Jesus. That's pretty cool, isn't it? The partnership in the gospel. And the second thing that Paul shared in those first few verses is that God will carry it on to completion, that it's the Lord who began it and the Lord who will carry it on to completion. And, uh, and so we talked about those things. And uh, then we moved on to... Uh, verses 9 through 11, and we talked about a couple of these. We, got to, we left off in the middle of this whole thing. So we're going to pick up right here in chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Let's read this. If you have your Bibles open, that's always a good thing. And you can circle words, underline stuff, write things down that will help you remember some of these, uh, these truths and to highlight some of the things that Paul says to us that help us grow up in our faith, to help us to move forward as we grow, as we um, mature. And so Paul says, and this is my prayer, and that's a big deal because, um, you know, when you pray for somebody about something, that's a big deal. You're going to the Creator. Amen. It's huge. I mean, can anyone think of anyone more important to go to? Like, there's no one on the planet. It doesn't matter who you go to. If George Washington were walking around and you talked to George Washington, that'd be nice, but... He's not the creator. We're talking to the creator. Paul says, this is my prayer. You know, when I talk to God, uh, he prays that your love may abound more and more, and we talked about that last week, uh, in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern. We talked about that last week as well. Discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, which is when Jesus returns, so that on that day... When Christ returns, that we are like ready. We're, we've been living a life that is, that is honoring God and that is um, in line with his will and his way. And uh, that, that we discern by knowing what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's pleasing to the Lord and what isn't. And we, we focus on and we move toward and we grow in the things that are going to be pleasing to God. And discernment is how we know. The, the, the gift of God, the, the thing in our, the building block in our life that we need to be able to make good decisions. What is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And then verse 11 is where we're at. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. And so he says, filled with the fruit of righteousness. That's that, that next one, number five. The fruit of righteousness. So Paul's prayer is that you and I will be plump, full of God stuff. Like the righteousness, the righteousness of God filled in us. Like we're like growing on the inside, right? Because whatever's happening on the inside affects what we do on the outside. It, it's just going to come out at some point. And uh, that's what fruit does. That's what seeds do. They grow, they take time, but they begin to grow. Did I just? They grow and they produce fruit. That's what they do. And he's talking about Christ's character 
Like that's the fruit of righteousness is the character of Christ coming to life in you. Like the character of Jesus growing in us more and more. Where, where Jesus and His truth and His will and His way and the truths of Scripture are like oozing out of us as we live on this earth, as we're growing in Him, the fruit of righteousness is being formed in us and growing out of us. As like in chapter 3, verse 9, later on he refers to this, he says, not a righteousness that is of the law, right? Not one that can be accomplished in the flesh, not something that you do to become like Jesus. That's impossible. You can't do it on your own. But he says, but one that is from and of Christ. It's Jesus in us bringing about this fruit. It's Jesus being formed in you and me. That's how this fruit of righteousness is going to happen. It's going to happen with Jesus living in us as we, as we walk in his ways. Like a, like a tree, like we should be growing, right? Growing up and producing fruit. Like a tree, just like a tree. That's, that's the biblical way. Or like a building. We're like one block at a time. We're being constructed by God a little at a time. So God is at work and he's growing us. He's growing you. And so the, the question for us as we move forward is, are you growing? Like, are you growing? Like, are you as an individual growing up in your faith? Are you growing up and becoming more mature spiritually? Like, are you becoming a spiritual uh, image of Christ more and more every day? That's something we need to ask ourselves. Do you remember when uh, you were young, your parents would, um, how many of you do this? Would uh, take you out, they'd put you out next to the door, usually the door jam, and they'd, they'd mark your height. And uh, every year, or every six months, or whatever, and they put a little mark on that. Anybody do that? You guys do that? It's just weird people like me. Okay. Okay, I thought it was just the Italians that maybe did this, but... I guess it's all of you. Okay, so, so you did that with your kids, and you marked, kind of, you kind of gauged where they were. And sometimes they'd have, like in one year, they'd have a growth spurt, and they'd like shoot up two inches or three inches. And other years, they wouldn't grow much at all. And, and you just track that growth, and, and that's easy to do. It's easy to see that kind of physical growth in a person. Like even people around here, you see them growing up uh, quickly. Little people especially. They just like, one week, they seem like they're tiny and, and you know, couple months later, they've just like grown, or if you haven't seen them in a while, they, they look like they just shot up. Well, uh, spiritual growth and maturity, it, it's not as easy to gauge, is it? It's, it's a little harder to gauge, um, this growing, this, this spiritual growth aspect, especially like in the present. Like, like it's hard to look at yourself in, in, a, in a short period of time and see growth. Kind of like, like when you plant a seed in the ground, you know, or, or if you're kids, you help them plant seeds in the ground, and, and they want to look at it every day, and, and for a while, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing seems to be happening, even though underground, something is happening. You just can't see it yet. And then it just kind of shoots up through the dirt, and, and then it, it just takes time to grow, right? That's how spiritual growth is for us as well. And, and especially when you're looking at yourself in the present, it's hard to, to really see a lot of growth in a short period of time. Except for a new believer. Like if you've ever been around somebody who's given their life to Christ and uh, they came maybe like out of the world 
you see change happen quickly. I mean, transformation happened. I remember when I gave my life to Christ, I, I realized right away I, there was things that had to go. I, had to stop, I just needed to stop doing things if I was going to live to honor God. And I just stopped doing them. And so there's a lot of change happened right away in my life as I was, you know, I had to throw out my records, all those cool classic rock and roll albums that I had. And I just felt like I just got to get rid of the junk in my life and and just devote myself to Christ. That's what I needed to do. And so I could see those kinds of changes in my heart that were, you know, being uh, carried out in, in the ways I was going to live my life and things I said and how I acted. But, but growth o- over a short period of time is, is tough, especially if you've been in the faith for a little while. It's hard to see. But if you look back, you know, if you look back five years, maybe 10 years or 20 years, hopefully you see some kind of transformation in your life. Like some kind of effective change has happened over the last five years or 10 years or 15 years. So you can look back and go, yeah, I'm, I'm becoming more like Christ. I'm maturing in my faith. I'm growing up in Christ. And so how, how do we, like as people following Christ, how do, we, how do we test our own growth and how do we gauge our own movement and, and maturity level in the Lord. How do, we, how do we do that? How do we check our progress? How do we do that? Um, and do we do that? I think sometimes we just kind of go through life and we just hope we're changing. You know, we, we, we do kind of the right things. We're eating good and sleeping good and, you know, I'm, I'm in church, so hopefully I'm growing, right? We just kind of like hope we're growing. But let me suggest to you this, that, that this might be a way to test if, if growth is at least the ground is, is good for growth, like the soil is good for growth. Here's, here's our, some things that I think are, are important, that if you and I, if we're allowing God to lead us, like we're really asking God to lead our life, we want God to lead our life. We may not be perfect in it, but we're, we're striving for the Lord to lead us. And we're seeking His will, like we've surrendered to God, and we want Him to have His way in our life. We really want that in us. And we're pushing ourselves past where we are right now. That we're always willing and ready and wanting to move forward with the Lord. We're not stuck. We've let go. We're going to let God. And, and that, that as a servant, we are becoming more like the master. If that's happening in our life, then I think we're pushing ourselves and we're moving forward with the Lord. And in a, at least in a short period, we know that we are doing everything we possibly can. The Spirit of God is working, and the Word of God is working, and we're surrendered to Christ, and we know that we're moving and seeking the will of God. That's, that's one way for us to, to really get, if we're growing, if we're filled with the fruit of righteousness, and that fruit is, is growing out of us, then we're moving with Him. And so that's an important aspect of the fruit of his righteousness growing in us, that we are like, that we're willing soil, right? We're ripe and we're ready and we want God to grow in us. We got to want that. It's got to be a, a decision of our will to want that. Like we want that. We want that more than we want other things in life. And so, um, so these three things, love abounding uh, from this passage is number three, discernment and the fruit of righteousness are, are, are things that Paul points to in this letter to the, the believers in Philippi to say, look, 
Keep moving in these things. Keep growing in your love. Keep growing in your ability to discern what the Spirit of God in your life and the Word of God in your life and keep watching for the fruit of righteousness to grow in you. And he says, you're moving forward. If you're doing that, you're moving forward in your faith. That's, that's what you're doing. You're putting yourself in a place where God can grow you up. Right? Where you are being like built up in Him. Constructed. Like construction. One, one block at a time, right? One block at a time. God is at work in you and He's building in us. And he's, His blocks, His building blocks of truth are growing in us if we're seeking Him and wanting that to be in us. But there's more. Paul talks about uh, more in chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. He shares a few more things. Let's read this and kind of move through this and think about some of the things Paul talks about uh, to them as he's writing to them to say, look, keep growing in your faith. Keep moving forward in your faith. Like, um, and this is a lifetime work. Right? It isn't like you do these things, check them off your list. Okay, I heard that once and now I'm good to go because you know, like next week we need to remind it again, right? I mean, it's a constant reminder of, of, of what the mind of Christ looks like so that we can be about it. So he says this in verse 21, for to me is to live, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor. There's that word again, fruitful labor this time, he says, for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Now, we studied this a couple weeks ago when we went through chapter 1 on Wednesday night and, and uh, we're moving through the book of Philippians a little bit slower. Um, but this is such a powerful passage of Scripture. This is just incredibly powerful. Paul says, he says, for me, like, like, I mean, can you imagine getting this letter and Paul says, look, for me. In other words, like, you do what you think you need to do. You, you live the way you think you need to live. All of us have to make this choice. We all have to decide if we're going to, like, we're all in with God or, or we're not. Or if we're going to follow Christ or we're not. Or we accept the things of creation as God describes it or not. We all decide what we're going to do. Nobody can do that for you. You have to decide it. He says, you do what you think is best. But me? He's like, here's what I'm going to do. Like, as for me. And, 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 and when Paul says, like, for me, as for me, he's like basing this on an accumulation of all of his experiences with Jesus. Like everything that his life has brought him to this moment, as he pens these letters, this letter, he's saying to them, look, all of my life, this is where God has brought me to this moment. And for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. That's, that's an incredible word right there. I don't know if we really get that. Like when he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, this is probably one of the most focused and intentional life verses you could ever have. Like if you, if you honestly, with everything in you, could say, for me to live is Christ 
and to die is gain. And you honestly believe that with every fiber in your being. And you live that with everything in you. And that was your, like, your verse. That was like, this is my, my verse for life. This is what I'm banking on, I'm living on, and I'm going to die on. That I'm going to live for Christ, and to die is gain for me. I'm going to be far better off. Then that's a focused life. Um, that is so focused. If Paul's saying, like, if there's any breath in my body, if there's any, like, heartbeat left in me, I'm going to use it for God. And if I die, then I'm, I'm way better off. I'm far better off. And he's not talking, obviously, he's not talking about suicide. He's not talking about killing himself. But remember, Paul's in prison, and, and there's real possibility of a jail death or Paul just dying of sickness or whatever. It wasn't like he was in a hotel somewhere, you know, in prison. He's, he's in, a, in a rough place. And so death is all around Paul. He's threats probably. People don't like Paul. He's been sharing the gospel. He's been telling people, you know, that there's a hell and a heaven and people don't like hearing that stuff. They want to think everything's just wonderful and we're all going to be okay and we all get to heaven. Well, Paul's not afraid to tell you and me. That's not true. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. That's all there is to it. Paul's not afraid to pull any punch. So Paul, his life is in jeopardy and always threatened by this, the people and the surroundings around him. But, but Paul's pointing to like this ultimate transformation. Like for me to die, I'm going to be like catapulted or thrust into heaven all of eternity with God. Second Corinthians, Paul says these words because this kind of confirms what Paul's talking about here. He says, we are confident in 2 Corinthians 5, 8 that we are confident... Uh, or, or we are confident and willing to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so Paul understands that, that if I leave this earth, like if I depart from here, I'm going to be with the Lord. And I'm going to be far better off. And like he's so confident that it's like, like, I mean, this is like not no question to Paul. There's no doubt in Paul's mind in what he says. But just think about the attitude that Paul Paul shares that in. Like this attitude that Paul shares, it, it does a number of things, not just for Paul, but for you and for me, if we think about it. Like if, if your attitude, if your life, I don't know, you got a life verse? You guys got a life verse? Tattooed on your wrist, maybe? <laughs> you know, so anybody got a life verse that you live by? Like this is my verse. This is like, like this scripture is like me. This is, this is how I want to live. I hope you do. You should have one if you don't. Like you should find a good scripture that defines what you want your life to look like. For Paul, this is one of them. This is like to live, Christ. To die, it's gain. So that attitude does a number of things. Here's what it does. That attitude, and, and maybe you want to adopt that attitude. Here's what it does. It, first of all, it sets the tone for everything that Paul does. To live is Christ, to die is gain. That just sets the tone for everything that Paul is going to do with his life. Sets, it sets the focus. Here's what else it does. It cuts through all of the worldly things, like it cuts through everything of the world, and it sets Paul's purpose clearly in line with Jesus, right? That's what it does. It just cuts through all the stuff, and it just says, for me, I'm living for Christ. I'm not living for stuff. I don't care about money. I don't care about houses. I don't care about cars. None of that matters. It's all going to go away at one point. I'm not going to take it with me to eternity. So for me, to live is Christ. 
sets the tone and it cuts through all the worldly stuff. And the third thing it does is it powerfully testifies to the world that Jesus is Lord. Like Paul is totally convinced of this. That Jesus is Lord and to live, I'm living for him. It's all about me and Jesus living on this planet and anything else won't matter. Won't matter. To die is gain, the stuff is going away, it won't matter, I can't take it. And so it, it's, it sends a message to the world that you are a person who is totally sold out to Jesus. Totally. There's no question in anyone's mind what your allegiance is to. They know. By how you're living your life and what your purpose is and what you're going about in life, what you do. Great. To live, Paul says, is Christ. To die is gain. Number seven. Then there's number seven. Uh, verse 22, Paul says, fruitful labor. That's what Paul says. This is the next one. He says, if I'm going to go on living in the body, this is what it means for me, fruitful labor. I'm going to be fruitful. Fruitful for God. Fruitful labor for me. Now, that's, that's a pretty cool thing, too, right? Like, like while I'm in this body, Paul's saying, I'm going to produce fruit for God. I'm going to produce fruit that is godly fruit, that is for the Lord. Like, if I must remain in the flesh, this, this wretched body that I'm in, Paul's saying, the sinfulness of who I am, Paul understands his nature, he understands the battle between what I want to do and what I don't do and what I should do and what I do. He understands the struggle. He understands the spirit. He understands the word. He understands it all. And he says, if I'm going to have to stay here in this body, in this wretchedness, here's what it's going to mean for me. Fruitful labor. I'm going to serve the Lord with everything in me. In verse 11, Paul says, the fruit of righteousness. Okay, we just looked at that. The fruit of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness is something that grows inside of us, right? And then, now he says, the fruit, fruitful labor. That's on the outside. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. While I'm in this body, I'm going to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. Paul realizes that there's a difference between worldly fruit that has no value at all and kingdom fruit that is forever and ever and ever. See, when, when, when many people like, will exchange their soul, a lot of people will, will just give in to the things of this world, will exchange their soul for money or for popularity or fame or fortune, but Paul's attitude is, I will not. I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. For me, I'm going to be a, a, a laborer of fruit for the kingdom of God. That's the fruit that Paul says he will grow. It's a labor of love, right? It's a fruit that requires work and effort and labor, right? Nurturing and planning and watering. And that only happens by being in the field. You don't water, nurture, and work the soil if you're not in the field. You only do that by being in the field. Paul says, I'm going to work. I'm going to produce fruit inside and outside. Fruitful labor. I'm going to till the ground for the kingdom of God. I'm going to put myself in a place where other people are going to grow because I'm there. I'm going to plant seed. I'm going to water. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever I can to help others grow. 
That's what Paul's talking about. It's not a works mentality Paul's talking about to gain salvation. Paul knows that salvation is by grace alone. What he's talking about is hard work for the sake of the kingdom, reaching the world, works for the sake of others. That's why we work. We don't work for our salvation. We work for others' salvation. That's why we serve. That's why we do what we do. All in, like all of us, that's Paul's encouragement to this church, is that that each member of the body is laboring together, working together, producing fruit on the inside and on the outside. Right? Our fruitful labor. Like working as if it all depends on us and praying as if it all depends on God. And that's what we do. Right? That's what we do. Not to earn anything, but to reach as many as possible. We work at this, and we carry the gospel, and we produce uh, labor and fruit for the kingdom of God, for the benefit of other people. Paul is, like, Paul is like, that's what I'm about. I'm about producing fruit for the kingdom. And then he says why. Uh, the eighth thing is this in verse 25. Um, he says, he says uh, convinced of this, well, let me back up. He says, I'm torn between the two. I, I decided to depart and be with Christ. Like, do you see this struggle that Paul's having in here? And he says, I, which is far better, you know, obviously, to be with Jesus is much better, right, for all of us? Just go, be with Jesus. Then we start thinking, wait, I got grandkids and I got my kids. And we're like, no, wait, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And so Paul's like torn between these two. I desire to depart be with Christ, which is far better, but it is more necessary for you that are remain in the body, convinced of this. I know that I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress. Paul's like, you know, if I got to stay, I'm cool with staying in the flesh. But it's, it's for you that I'm st- going to stay, that, I, that I'm here, that God leaves me here. I stay because, because of your progress, like because, because of, of the possibility of you moving forward, of, of your advancement and your gladness or your joy, and he says, in the faith. Like in the faith, not just, not just joy. Paul's not living just to make everyone happy. It's not about making everyone happy. It's about their happiness in Jesus. Outside of Jesus, you could find all kinds of joy, but it doesn't, it's not going to last. Amen. It's just temporary joy. It's just worldly stuff, and it might give you pleasure for a little while, but it isn't going to last. The only real joy there is is in Jesus. It's in Christ. And Paul says, I'm here for your progress and your joy in the faith. And faith is our belief, right? It's our belief system. It's the truth. It's the ways of Jesus. Right? That's what our faith is. Our faith, we don't make up our faith. Our faith is about who Jesus is, what Jesus said, what Jesus does, and the Spirit of God working in Christ and in us, and we line ourselves up with His faith. And our faith is His faith. Our faith is all about Him. And Paul says, I'm here to help you in your progress and your joy in Jesus, in His truth, in His teachings, in His way, in His will, in His faith. And that's the only place that there's going to be unity is in Jesus and and what he's about. And when we line up with that, then there's going to be unity among those who believe that and line up with that. Outside of that, there's no unity. Jesus did not have unity with the religious leaders of the day. Why? Because they had their own agenda and God had his agenda. And Jesus basically said, look, there's your agenda and there's God's agenda and yours is not God's. There's no unity there. 
Religious people, but no unity. Unity is only going to be found in the mission and the teachings and the ways of Jesus. When people line up with that and they're moving toward Jesus, then there will be unity. That's where unity happens. Only in the mission of Jesus. And, then, and so he says, so your progress and your faith and joy in the faith is what Paul is after. It's like this selfless attitude that Paul has. Like, like this is not about me. It's a very strategic attitude as well. It's like, it's like the one of Jesus. It's Jesus' attitude. It's like, it's why we go do what we do. Like, it's why we should put ourselves out there in the world to be involved in lives of people. Because it's for their progress, right? It's why we coach a ball team. It's why we read at the school. It's why we serve at Allied. It's why we maybe take meals to the people. Why we do the things we do out there in the community is so their progress will move them towards the Lord and help them grow in Christ. It's why you should go. It's why you should teach a kid's class. It's why you should serve at places in our community to be more like the Master and to bring the truth of Jesus to a world that is looking for hope. It's why we go. It's not for our salvation we go. It's for theirs we go. How awesome is that? And when we put ourselves out there in, in cool places, cool things happen. If, if you're not in the field, you don't get those opportunities. Paul's in the field. And because he's in the field, he can display this attitude that to live is Christ and to die is gain in front of people that don't know Jesus. And because he's in the field, he can produce fruit for the kingdom of God because he's impacting and infecting people that don't know Jesus all around him. He's surrounded by those people. And because he's in the field, he can help them move forward in their faith too. What a beautiful thing, isn't it? It all kind of works together. And that's what Paul is trying to help these people understand, is these truths that move us forward. And, and 6, 7, and 8 are this. Paul's attitude is to live as Christ. Number seven is fruitful labor. That this will move me forward, it'll also move others forward, and their progress in the Lord is going to move them forward, and it's going to move me forward if I'm engaged in the work and I'm a part of the labor, a part of it. I'm working together with others to grow the kingdom of God. It's an amazing thing, right? It's an amazing thing. Let me, let me close with this uh, last thought. That's Isaac my little oldest grandson, and when he came last uh, summer, he came for a week, and so I thought, you know, every kid, every kid, Cole, do you have a treasure box? Do you? Good. All right, so every, every boy, especially boys, girls have like jewelry boxes, right? Okay, every boy needs a treasure box. Now, that's huge. I, we, we went crazy on that one. That's like a miniature coffin. But, but every kid needs a treasure box with a lock that they put cool stuff in. Right? Don't they? I mean, every kid needs that. I don't mean just stuff. I mean cool stuff, like arrowheads and shark teeth and cool things. You know, things that just you don't find. Not everybody has these things, only you. And you put them in that box and you lock it up. And they're like your things, you know. They're, they're, they're your treasures. Well, these, these eight building blocks that, that we've talked about so far are, are, are building blocks of, of truth from God's word, 
specifically Philippians, from the heart of Paul and from the throne of God to help these people move, right? To help them move forward. And, and the treasure box of God's word is just full of these kinds of treasures that, that God wants us to like dig out and then apply them to our life, like to help us produce fruit on the inside and fruit on the outside. And if we're doing that, we're moving forward in our faith. We're growing. If we're not doing that, then we're not growing and we're not moving anywhere within our faith. And so our question as we wrap this up this morning is this. Are, are we producing fruit? Are we growing? Are we growing? Are the treasures of God, are the treasures of God moving us forward in our faith? Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And we're so grateful, God, that you, you love us, that you care about us, that you came for us, that you sent your son Jesus to die for us, that we would have life, that you have given us, Father, treasures for life, things that we can build into our life, things that you want to put in us and form in us and grow in us. Father, I pray that you would help us to, to let you have your way, to surrender to you every moment of our lives, to be like Paul and to be able to say to live is Christ, but to die is gain. That there's almost a sense of anticipation that one day I'm going to leave this place. I'm going to leave it all behind. And I'm going to go be with you. And, and although we look forward to that moment and that day with great expectation while we're here, that will mean fruitful labor for me, for the kingdom. That I'm going to do everything I can to grow, not for my progress, but for the progress of others. That they'll, they'll grow, that their faith, that you'll use me to seed and soil and water to help others grow up in their faith. Father, use me in a mighty way, I pray in Jesus' name.